Hey everyone, this is Grant Schwalbe, and this is the Journeyman Firefighter Podcast. Today with me, I've got Matt Chan from North Metro Fire. Uh, some of you might know him from uh, his participation in CrossFit, and uh, we look forward to the conversation that we're going to have because there's a wealth of information. So welcome, Matt. Yeah, like you said, I'm a, I've been a firefighter for um, roughly about eight years um, at North Metro Fire. Uh, we work in the northern suburbs, covering about uh, 60 square miles north of Denver, and uh, we have a population of about 125,000 up here. We run about 20,000 calls, and we do um, uh, medical, medical calls as well, uh, so we have our, our own medic service um, that we run in-house, and uh, I ride backwards currently, but I've recently gotten the bug to start uh, working out of class and working towards promotion in the next couple of years. So kind of deep into that right now. Um, I also, uh, the reason I was a little weird about the, the time that I've been on, uh, with North Metro is I did, I took a five-year, uh, hiatus there, uh, where I pursued the CrossFit games. And I also worked on the CrossFit seminar staff teaching level ones, level twos, and, uh, a course called the CrossFit competitors course, which I wrote with uh, a couple of the, a couple of the guys that I worked with on staff and, uh, yeah, kind of pr probably like the last thing is I'm just like a, a avid athlete of all sorts. I'm probably not spectacular at anything, but I love participating in almost everything, uh, primarily, uh, outdoor sports. So love, uh, mountain biking, climbing and skiing the most. I do a little bit of hiking and I, every September, uh, start a fall a fall uh, hunt season, um, which is consuming more and more of uh, of my life, and I, I really am just falling in love with it. And uh, kind of like most recently, I was uh, I completed the Leadville 100 mountain bike race, um, which which was a huge accomplishment. And uh, starting on Memorial Day this year, I'll be on to season two of the Titan Games. Nice. We're looking forward to, to rooting you on there. Can you, Thanks. how you, how'd you get into firefighting anyway? Yeah. So that's interesting. So I moved to Colorado from Illinois, uh, in 2001 and I graduated with an information technology degree, um, that I really, I, I couldn't have come out of college at a worse time. Um, and there was just no jobs to be had for somebody without experience. So I ended up cooking pizzas at a, at a ski resort and down the line, I ended up getting a job at the IT department within Winter Park Resort. And during that time, I, uh, I was invited uh, by a friend to join, join her for pizza at the local fire department, which it turned out was a volunteer uh, recruitment uh, meeting. So I ended up doing that for about three and a half years. And I found that really the, the passion that I had for volunteer firefighting was way greater than what I had for the IT world. So I found myself uh, at the fire station more and more, and I ended up being a resident for a while. And, and I decided to pursue that as a career in 2000, late 2005, and ended up getting hired on in early 2007. Cool. So what led you into CrossFit then, after the firefighting started? Yeah, so that's a that's also an interesting question because I was introduced to it by uh, some senior firefighters at North Metro as I came out of the uh, academy. So I was kind of that you know some of the guys that I first was working with uh, were asking how the academy was, and I told them that I really uh, had a great time and learned a ton, and uh, I did struggle with some of the uh, physical requirements of you know wearing a pack carrying a tool, dragging a dummy. And uh, I found that as the, as the evolutions would get more intense, um, I would struggle. And they recommended actually checking out CrossFit.com as a, as a resource for working out. And, and I did. And I kind of jumped into it, you know, with both feet at that point. And I was working out at a big box global gym and doing pull-ups on there. Uh, Smith machine and all that. And finally joined a CrossFit gym, uh, probably mid early 2008, I'd say. And, uh, I just, I just loved it. And I could see the, 
the difference in my body. I could feel the difference uh, in my in my threshold uh, to pain and to intense hard work. And you know, it's just it catches a bad rap because of the intensity part of it um, in the firehouse. But I'll tell you what, nothing prepares you for the job like uh, like traditional CrossFit does. Uh, you said you've always kind of been into sports and you're an active guy. What was your workout routine prior to you getting into CrossFit? Well, you know, I think it's funny because I think a lot of people are more uh, training more functionally now than ever before. Uh, you know, especially before there were these uh, single joint isolation uh, machines. When you and I probably were growing up, I think the, the most common way of exercising was using those single joint machines to isolate muscle, specific muscle groups. And that's what I did. So, you know, most, I'd say 95% of what I did was not with free weights, but it was with machines, hamstring curls, uh, you know, preacher curl with the, with the machine, tricep extensions, you know, even the, even the old crunch machine, you know, obviously I, we all spent lots of time on that stuff. And I generally, really followed what would be like a men's health kind of bodybuilding style routine of complementing muscle groups and, and kind of pairing them out throughout the week where it's like back and buys on Monday and, you know, Thursday and chest and tries on Tuesday and, you know, Friday and maybe do legs that week, <laughs> but usually do cardio and abs every day. So that was kind of what I did. And um, I did that from high school on through about until 2007. So what was that, that transition period like for you? You say you started CrossFit. When was it uh, that you really noticed difference or, you know, the time period from, uh, from okay, that I'm going to try this to, okay, I'm all in and, and I'm noticing big changes? Well, when, when I was introduced to CrossFit, you know, I didn't really have a coach or anything like that. So I was really just watching videos on how to perform some of the movements. And definitely some of them were over my skill level and my ability to teach myself. So um, I kind of was hooked right away because I was learning new things and trying things that I had never done before. And anybody that tries something that really catches their interest, you, you kind of buy in and you want more of it. And that's what, that's where I was at. So that's when we made the decision to, you know, go for the bigger gym fee and go to a, a, a CrossFit box and, and learn from a coach that was experienced. And uh, I didn't initially uh, drop the uh, bodybuilding routine because I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to lose the gains that I had had, which frankly was marginal at best. I weighed 185 pounds and uh, really didn't carry much muscle mass. Um, I was very, probably I would be considered lean, like a lower body fat percentage, but definitely not carrying a large volume of mass. Um, so I did that for probably six months, even when I was starting at this CrossFit box. And, you know, after a little bit of time, the coach there said, you know, hey, you should really try just not doing the, the bodybuilding stuff and really give your all here at, at the CrossFit gym and see where that takes you. And holy cow, when I stopped going into the, the Globo gym and doing my accessory exercises and, and bodybuilding stuff, I was able to, my body felt better. And I was able to perform so much better at the CrossFit movements that I just got so much better at it. And what I found was that, you know, all those years of avoiding doing legs and doing excessive amounts of cardio, I was blunting my, my uh, physical adaptation to putting on muscle. And I put on 10 pounds uh, in that probably six month period from when I stopped doing the bodybuilding to just doing only CrossFit. And I found that it was primarily in my legs, my, my legs got, and, and like lower half got so much bigger so quickly, uh, that all that muscle tissue just, uh, equated to 10 pounds of body weight on me. And, you know, I was hooked. I, I saw it. I saw the, I saw the gains right there. I saw the, the benefit and I really wanted to dive in all the way. So not just physically, but how did you feel a uh, job wise? Once you started doing all the, all the extra stuff. Um, yeah, the, the job changed dramatically for me. Um, the moments of panic, I was the guy, you know, in, in Academy that would, 
uh, turn the bypass valve um, because, you know, basically I would almost be in a panic state because I was breathing so hard and my heart rate was so high that I thought that that was going to provide me some form of relief. And, you know, I mean, we've all, we've all uh, seen, you know, younger firefighters do that. And in reality, I, th I think not only physically did I create a much higher threshold uh, to be able to perform work, but also um, mentally, you know, I had a, a much higher threshold to pain uh, and, and really just my own psychology improved uh, to, to hard work uh, by doing CrossFit. And I think there's a lot to be said there because I see some of the guys that I work with now who are trying CrossFit for the first time um, or some form of CrossFit for the first time. And what they're used to is these longer, slower workouts where they can catch their breath, they can grab their shorts and kind of, you know, lean over and, and breathe heavily for a couple minutes and, and recover fully before continuing. But when you have this, this, uh, this idea that, you know, CrossFit is intensity and, and you want to sh shorten up the rest time to complete the same amount of work in less time, uh, they, they start to panic a little bit. You can see it in their faces and they can manage that for a little bit of time, maybe two to three minutes. But when it catches up, that's, that's where you really see that kind of creep in. And, and uh, it's, it's a slap in the face for most people. Um, I'm relatively new in the CrossFit world, but uh, something I notice um, when trying to balance work and not going redlining um, is the term, at least at our box that, that, that we use. Um, you know, sometimes my heart rate gets so high that I have trouble counting rounds or figuring out what the next exercise is. Um, and I teach a lot of search and survival and we, we dive into Lieutenant David Grossman and condition white and condition yellow, condition red and black. And I see a big parallel between those as you're starting out and you said you're starting to do your, your move up status stuff, uh, for officer, what, 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 can you talk about the parallels of that a little bit and managing workload? Oh man, you know, I, I think what you said uh, about redlining and, and the, those different phases that we can all kind of recognize, those are incredibly useful parts of CrossFit that you develop um, a, a knowledge base on, right? So you understand where you're at and how long you can cont continue at that rate of speed of work accomplishment. And how that transfers over to our job is, you know, understanding the scope of the job that we're performing is is essential right that's our size up and you know if we've got a little bread and butter um single family single story ranch that's you know kitchen fire you know that you can probably operate at a higher intensity because it's going to be a short duration effort uh and then followed by long slow distance that you're, you're gonna do overhaul for you know 30 minutes afterwards or whatever that ends up being um and that can be at an easy pace Whereas if you have a apartment fire that requires you to use uh, a stairwell and high rise operations and you have multiple units that are uh, involved and all of that stuff, you're looking at a much longer duration uh, uh, incident. And, and because of that, you have to stay away from that red line. And I think, again, exercising with intensity teaches you a lot about those paces and what's sustainable and what's not. You know, if I'm gonna go into a longer duration uh, event or incident and I can see on, on as we roll up that this is, this is big, I'm gonna start at a pace where slow is smooth and smooth is fast. I'm gonna start where I wanna finish and I'm gonna try to maintain an aerobic uh, th threshold as I, as I work. And again, exercise and knowing those limitations and what those zones of heart rate feel like, those can be the difference between making it out alive and not. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of an overstatement, but really it, it's, it's not, it's, it's the real deal. And we just had um, fit to fight fire come down to our area, uh, John Spear and Tom Johnson. They run a awesome class and talk about that quite a bit in the functional fitness and, and incorporating that into your training. Do you do anything um, training wise where you're, you're going to tax yourself on the, on the rower and then force a door, do anything? I saw a video of you, you getting on box, uh, 
doing box step ups and then forcing a door. But yeah, you know, that, I think that stuff is uh, the, the actual um, stuff that mimics the job is fun to do. And I think it is definitely something that should be incorporated, you know, once or twice a month, um, generally while you're on shift, uh, especially wearing, uh, wearing your bunker gear, wearing your SCBA helmet, you know, the hood, the whole nine yards. I think all that stuff, there's great adaptation to be had there. And, you know, we try to incorporate it in, I'd say generally tw twice a month and everything from, you know, box step ups, carrying, carrying your tools. Uh, and then every two minutes on the minute, uh, force a door and then return to, to, you know, continue to complete the task of the box step ups until your bottle runs out. That's a, that's a great idea of, you know, a functional, uh, a fire, a, a firefighter specific functional movement, uh, pairing that we get a little bit of training. We get to understand that how hard the job is when you're breathing hard and your heart rate's high. Um, but also, I mean, I know John Sparrow and, and uh, Tom Johnson are big on doing things like size ups with your heart rate being high. And I think that's a terrific idea because again, it's really easy to be uh, sitting in the office watching a YouTube video and, and saying what you would do differently if you were, uh, if, if you were on scene of a, of a incident and your armchair quarterbacking the thing, but when your heart, heart rate's already high and your focus is across so many different planes and now you're uh, expected to do some work, losing situational awareness is expected. I mean, it's going to happen. Um, so putting yourself in that situation a little bit more often is definitely encouraged. Um, and you know, some of the funny things that we've done in the past is, uh, uh, you, you do math problems, you know, in the middle of a workout, um, you, uh, estimate, uh, you, you talk about the pump chart, you know, stuff like that, where it's like, <laughs> you're out of breath, you're trying to think through a problem, but at the same time, you're trying to remember what rep you're on, uh, you know, what, what's the next movement coming up, uh, without, you know, stopping exercising. So I think there's a lot of value to all that stuff, but I don't necessarily think it needs to be the main thing that you do on a regular basis. I think general fitness preparedness is, is more important and, uh, touching that stuff occasionally there's great adaptation to be had there, but most of the time it's best saved for uh, fire ground training. Nice. You talked uh, a lot in our intro about your, um, CrossFit, the different levels that you have. Um, and something that was a shock to me um, is when I tried doing CrossFit for the first time and I'm going through the essentials class, I, I feel like CrossFit's got a real good grasp on their instruction methodology. We go a little bit Aaron Fields on this because I think skill acquisition is huge. Um, but it's funny when, you know, I've been in firefighting since 1994. So to force a door is kind of just second nature. And for somebody like you, if I tell you, you know, you're going to do a, a squat clean or something, you don't even think about it. You just know that this is how it moves. As soon as I tried CrossFit, I needed to do everything slow. I had no idea what I was doing and I'm doing it with a PVC pipe. Right. How can we change how we're instructed in the fire service to mimic what we, I feel like CrossFit really has dialed in um, with their, with their way they teach. Yeah. So that's a great point. So one of the things that that I think uh, CrossFit instructors do really, really well is um, the idea, and, and this is not across the board for sure. I mean, there's always, you know, a, a bad apple in the bunch, um, but for the most part, CrossFit instructors do a great job of, of meeting people where they're at and scaling per the individual. So for example, um, a, a movement that most people find a lot of difficulty with when they start doing CrossFit is an overhead squat. You know, and that's where you have like a outside of shoulder width grip on a barbell and you're holding it above your head and you perform a squat with that bar held overhead with your arm straight, you know, and guys, you're not our age, um, you know, generally we lack the mobility to be in a good position as you perform that. So instead of using a barbell and any sort of weights, um, you can scale it down to like what you said, a broomstick or a piece of PVC. Or maybe it's not even worth going to that movement yet, and it would be better to just simply practice the front squat or the back squat, and then eventually move up to that overhead squat. Um, and you know, I think what 
CrossFit does well that we could take from it at, on the fire ground is breaking movements into the largest parts and pieces and practicing those parts and pieces and building that skill and getting those reps until that part of that piece of it is near perfect before moving on to the next piece. So for example, um, advancing a hose line up a set of stairs uh, into uh, a bedroom, okay? Simply teaching somebody um, the simple steps of how to hold a hose line, uh, how to advance a hose line on flat ground outside without a mask on, without gear on, and then slowly uh, adding different variables that make that more difficult is a better solution, uh, a better way to learn than to say, okay, guys, we're gonna push this hose up the stairs into the bedroom on the left, ready, go, and then yell at the guys because they did it uh, improperly or they did it too slow. And, you know, I think, most it seems like most fire uh, instructors are moving away from uh, that punishment-based uh, way of learning, and they are breaking it down into smaller parts and pieces, which in the CrossFit world we just call a teaching progression. Um, and they're implementing those styles of teaching now on the fire ground, and it seems to be a thousand times more effective. Um, but it requires us to really do a lot more planning as teachers. Of, of having a lesson plan for a specific drill or movement. Um, and that takes time and it takes effort. And a lot of people don't have that time or effort because they're tasked with uh, other, other jobs to do that day. And it, it becomes difficult and I understand, but it is something that you could create a lesson plan for and use at an academy or on a uh, training year in and year out. Yeah, we did, we did some hose drills yesterday with our probie and uh, we, we run the modified minute man and, you know, are big into the, the nozzle forward techniques. And so as we teach that, I always like to teach the V split first because it's going to work for 90% of our situations in our area. Mm -hmm. um, and until yep. they master the V split, I don't want them moving on to accordion forward or, or making it into a coil or doing any of those things because all it's going to do is confuse them. Um, yeah, absolutely. And we, you know, we really like to just teach in uh, our bunker, like be in a comfortable environment so that they can learn. Uh, the other thing I love so much about the CrossFit coaches that I've been around is they're, they show up in workout gear and they demo it first. Uh, that seems to yes. decrease anxiety. You know, like you said, I think we're really moving away from, um, we're moving to a better place for fire instructors. Uh, but I love seeing fire instructors wear gear and demo the skill first uh, for the student, and then they can, you know, correct as needed. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, yeah, if I, if I told, you know, our, our, the, the people listening to this podcast who don't know what a squat snatch is, um, if I just said, you know, hey, we're going to do a squat snatch, and basically what we're going to do is we're going to pull a bar off the ground, catch it in the overhead position, but we're going to be in a full squat, and then we're going to stand with it painting that picture makes no sense at all if you if you don't know what that is um so that's why we teach or, or generally I, I the method i use is show teach show again and then they do it and that's you know again breaking it down into smaller parts and pieces uh, and then every time you you know break down uh a, a a full movement into a smaller part or piece of a progression i show the that part or piece as well like you said, the V split. So if, if I'm going to show them the V split and not just, you know, how to, how to pull the hose and, and get it set up at the door, if we're just going to focus on that V split, let's just, let me just show you what the V split looks like guys. Who needs to see it again? Yeah. All right. Let's, let's get this thing stacked up again. Let's do it one more time. Here it is. Everybody see it. Okay, great. Let's give it a shot. And, um, again, walking around and coaching is, is a, kind of the next step. And we don't, generally, you know, make fun of people because everybody's learning. And that's, man, I'll tell you, this is frustrating. And I'm sure you guys see it too. But when people are afraid to train, because they're going to be looked at as weak or not having the skill, what a terrible learning environment. And we see that time and time again. So just to make that learning environment as comfortable as possible, where people can learn 
the full movement, get a lot of repetitions before we speed things up. That's, that's really, you know, where you want to be. Yeah. You really need to understand how to force a door before I put you in gear, tell you to do uh, five box step ups and force a, force a door at every two minutes. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Let's transition just a bit. Um, you, you mentioned people not wanting to feel stupid and you mentioned meeting people where they're at. Um, I, I was pretty out of shape, um, probably 25 pounds heavier than I am now. And we have, we have a, a newer firefighter, uh, Derek Anderson, who I owe a lot to for getting me healthier and into CrossFit, but he really met me where I was at. I was just like you said, you know, do 20 minutes elliptical. I'm going to do my bodybuilding routine. And it really did nothing for me. So he met me every morning. He slowly transitioned me out, out of that. And then, and then transitioned me into, to being totally CrossFit, which I owe him a lot for. Um, and in fact, introduced me to you. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you work with your career? I mean, you finished, you know, runner up in 2012. That's intimidating. <laughs> to say Matt Chance at the firehouse today and he wants to do a workout. What are we going to do? How do you right. do that? How do you motivate people and how do you challenge you and the newest guy? What's, what's that look like for you? Yeah. Um, you're right. First of all, that it is, it is sometimes I sense the, like if I mentioned, Hey guys, I'm going to go do a workout. If anyone wants to jump in, there's of course that little bit of hesitation where everybody's kind of like, yeah, I don't know. You're, what you're going to do is too intense. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to meet you guys where we're at and we're going to, we're going to scale it so that everybody's, you know, working at their, their appropriate intensity. Um, and we'll use movements that everybody's comfortable with. So, you know, I, I've removed a lot of the, uh, high risk, low reward movements out of my training. Uh, for example, a handstand push up. you know, I, I've had to do that in competition for years. So of course I, I practiced a high volume of handstand pushups on a regular basis, but one of the things that the guys at the station now can count on is that we're not going to do anything that they don't get value out of. So a handstand pushup is basically a standing shoulder press. If you use a kip uh, in a handstand pushup, that's basically like performing a barbell push press or a dumbbell push press. So let's do that instead. Um, so they know, they know that I'm not going to push those, those strange movements on them. And then again, there's the intensity part of it. So guys are afraid that, you know, they don't want to, you know, push themselves to a point where they're not able to perform work. And I totally understand that. And, you know, like we talked about, some of these workouts creep up on you and you really don't see it coming. And then all of a sudden you're, you're knee deep in, you know, breathing fire. And if you were to pop a call or drop a job, you're probably going <laughs> to be in, be in bad shape if you have not been exercising regularly. So the way that we, we generally do it at the station is, uh, you know, I don't know, Nobody forces anybody to work out here, but uh, hey, guys, I'm going to go work out. Anybody wants to join in? This is kind of like generally what I'm going to do, and I'll use it, what we did a couple days ago as an example. Um, uh, we had three movements that we chose. We did a rower, a treadmill, and uh, a barbell because we were kind of limited on equipment, um, and we decided to do a run on the treadmill, a general row, uh, and a hang power clean with 75 pounds. So somewhat complicated movement so we did i taught them how to do the movement and uh we talked about technique and how many reps you should do in a row and how your grip is going to be one of those things that goes quickly uh so rest before you need you feel like you need to rest and what we did was we just did three rounds of two minutes at each station which ends up being two 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 uh so that's six minutes we ended up doing it for 18 minutes and there was no reps assigned. Uh, I gave each of the guys a goal, uh, just kind of knowing them and knowing their fitness level. I gave them a little bit of a goal, uh, for each of the movements, um, to kind of shoot for, for example, uh, the captain joined in and he's a better rudder than I am. So I think he ran, uh, at a much higher rate of speed, uh, for his two minutes. And then for the hang power cleans, he's never done those before. He did use 75 pounds and he just did five reps at a time and he rested as needed in between those five reps. And I think he said he was generally doing about 20 reps in the two minutes. And then we shot for a goal of between 20 calories and 35 calories. So big wide range on the rower during that time. And we said that, Hey, the goal here should be a sustainable pace for 
all 18 minutes. So at any point that you feel like you're starting to get into a point where you're, you can't speak a full sentence or you're grimacing or you're, you know, you're, you're not enjoying yourself anymore, slow it down a little bit because this is about going that same time duration that we should be able to go with a full bottle, um, which should be a manageable pace. And that's generally kind of what we do. Occasionally we'll do high intensity workouts, um, but usually we'll keep those extremely short so that there's plenty of time for recovery and we can fit those in quickly. And an example I can give you right now is I think most of your listeners are going to be familiar with uh, an air bike, uh, whether that's like the Rogue Echo bike or other bikes like it. Um, we have five guys at one of the stations that I was at, and these guys were like, let's do something intense. I was like, all right, cool. Uh, but let's, let's get everybody involved. So we got all five guys involved, and we did 10 rounds of 12 seconds of max effort air bike. So that sounds super easy. And, and that's one of the ways that you can easily sell that, those workouts to people is like, yeah, we're just going to do 10 rounds of 12 seconds. And then since we only have one bike, the five of us will just cycle through our 12 seconds. I'll go, you go, he goes, he goes. And then it comes back to me and I'll go again. And we'll do that for 10 full rounds. And uh, that hits a target. Uh, now, they don't need to really know this, but I'm targeting this phosphocreatine pathway that's the highest power output uh, energy uh, pathway that we have. And we have to do that on the fire ground, but very rarely do people train that. So of course you see the people who are, you know, that do train that phosphogen path pathway, they do really well at it for all 10 rounds. And of course they get the same stimulus where they're grabbing their knees by the end of it. But the people who are into long, slow distance and, you know, lots of rest, those guys, I mean, they get to the fifth round of that and they're like, there's something happening to me. This isn't right. My blood pressure is dropping. I, I feel a little faint, all this stuff. And it's just like, no, that's normal. Just take it a little easier on the next one and uh, take a little bit more rest. If you need to skip around, skip around. So, you know, when we train together, it's, it's really low expectations. And I try to help them with movements that they want to practice that they don't feel comfortable doing themselves. That's a really long-winded answer, but that's generally it. Uh, that's exactly what I was looking for. Matt, when you have a crew member maybe that uh, is just looking to get into fitness, uh, maybe they've taken a break, kind of let themselves go, uh, talk, talk a little bit about how we should proceed um, and, and help them and not harm them. You know, it, Sometimes in the fire service, we're just like, don't quit on me, don't quit on me, go, go, go. Um, yeah, um, I think we all have good intentions when it comes to those people, especially when they, you know, go the first step and, and ask for help or, you know, ask to participate with you in PT uh, or training or whatever the case may be. Um, when somebody reaches out to you, it's because they respect you and you have to respect them back uh, for for that that effort that they're making. And one of the ways that you can do that is understanding what they respond to. And there's people who, who respond very well to uh, the drill instructor type of coaching or mentoring where, you know, it's like, you know, go faster. Uh, you're really sucking at this, you know, come on, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Um, but I would say that in my experience, you know, especially coaching CrossFit, 95% um, of the people don't respond to that. In fact, um, sometimes, you know, we see people who are, you know, they're looking for any way out that they can get, even though they've started the process, which a lot of times is the hardest thing. So going into the gym for those people with their gym workout stuff, just starting a workout is like, you know, the grace of God, the stars aligned, everything's happening. And all they're looking for is one piece of stimulus that's negative to call it quits. I mean, they're fighting a negative mindset already as they're in there. They think that people are looking at them, even though, you know, in the example of like working out in our station gym, nobody's looking at, you know, so-and-so, nobody gives a crap, but they think that like, this guy thinks I'm weak. This guy thinks I'm fat. I can't do this. This isn't for me. 
Why am I putting myself through this? It's so uncomfortable. And all they need is one negative stimulus and then it breaks them to the point where they're done for the day. And, uh, you know, as much as something, we could say something completely that we interpret completely positively, like, uh, hey, don't quit. You know, when they hear that, they hear quit. They hear quit. Don't stop. They hear stop. You know, so things like, you know, if you're, if you're looking to provide a little bit of encouragement to the guy that's really struggling, but he's in there doing it with you. A lot of times, all you need to say is like, great job, dude. That's it. You don't need to give him any coaching. You don't need to give him uh, any pointers. You don't need to, um, you know, get on his ass and, and tell him like, hey, you're almost there. You're almost there. You're almost there. As positive as you see that, they just want to crawl into a hole and die. And the thing that you can do to best coach a lot of people like that is just be there for them and let them have their little success that day and then celebrate it afterwards. And, and, that, and that's, that's really what will keep them coming back day to day and you'll see their fitness improve. But when you turn it into this big event, it's really, unfortunately, it's, it doesn't work well for those people. Cool. What, what's uh, eating at the firehouse look for you? Uh, yeah. So, um, I, I, I try to, I try to balance my, my diet pretty well with like, you know, probably 90% good food and then 10% I kind of do what I want with. So I'd say like, you know, once, once a month, uh, at the station, we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll have pizza and, you know, if somebody drops off cookies or whatever, I'll have that stuff. But, but generally, um, yeah, the station I'm at now, uh, we, we go to the store and because of the COVID stuff, only one person goes in. I generally offer to go in and I ask if anybody has any requests. Generally they say no. So that means I get to pick it and choose whatever I want to eat and make it for the rest of the guys. And, uh, that works out really well for me because I'd be cooking for myself anyway, if I were going to be eating exactly what I wanted and they enjoy the stuff that I'm cooking. So it works out pretty well. And I generally use a macro based diet where I try to do some caloric restriction because I find that really works well for me. Um, so I kind of use a rough estimate of the, the amount of uh, proteins, carbs, and fats that I have at every meal. And then I balance those out throughout the day with some nutrient timing so that I get most of my carbs around my workout time. That way uh, they're best utilized uh, to replenish glycogen and, uh, or to use for the workout itself. Um, but most of the day is generally proteins, heavy on the protein, uh, moderate on the fat, and moderate to low on the carbs. And considering, you know, the amount of exercise I do now, that works out perfectly, perfectly for me. I weigh about 205. I'd love to get to 200, uh, within the next six months, but, um, no special requirements. I used to cut out all the dairy beans, legumes, um, and, uh, all the, all the gluten stuff. And now I'm, I found that, you know, my body responds quite well to that stuff. So no actual dietary restrictions. I just try to manage my macros on a daily basis. Nice. Do you have, uh, um, do you have any resources for people that are starting you're, you're so knowledgeable with all this, but I know you didn't start out that at day one. Uh, do you have resources for that you'd recommend for somebody that's like, Hey dude, if you're going to read one book, read this, or I know you also uh, do work with train fight to win. Um, talk about some resources that people might have. Well, yeah. So, um, first of all, I, I do have Train for the Win, which is a uh, program that I write. And again, it's for firefighters, police, military, uh, or people who have a garage gym, but don't want to do uh, CrossFit competition style uh, workouts. It's the best. It's, it's called Train for the Win Thrive. It's 15 bucks a month. And uh, you, can, you can get that by going to trainftw.com. It's awesome. That's what I do. I've done it now for since 2018 and my body's never felt so good. Um, it's designed to be completed in an hour and with a minimal amount of equipment. We, we, uh, we don't require any specialized equipment. If you have a couple of dumbbells, a barbell with some bumper plates, uh, a power rack would be great. Um, occasionally we'll use a, a rower, um, but we do a lot of running, uh, occasionally use a medicine ball, but that's, a, that's primarily it. Um, and they're all less than an hour 
and and we generally you know we hit every uh, targeted uh, energy pathway and we provide a heavy stimulus a couple days a week so I do some heavy days um, and every day finishes with a little bit of accessory work to address you know weaker muscles on people um, and that has people feeling pretty good but for nutrition stuff you know I I, I'd say that there's so many resources out there right now that, uh, you know, saying one, one book or one way is the way to go, um, it would be steering people the wrong direction. You really got to find something that works for you. Um, for a lot of people, just moving to a whole foods based diet would be a huge improvement and not weighing and measuring your food would, would be fine. Um, and then other people who have very specific goals, they want to, let's just say go sub 10% body fat or put on, um, you know, five to 10 pounds of lean mass. That's where going to those macros based, uh, calorie counters is, is a great idea. And the one that I've used that I really, really like that I have nothing, no involvement in whatsoever. I actually pay for the service is, uh, the RP diet, which is Renaissance periodization. I love the app. It's super flexible. Um, uh, meaning that, you know, if you're five grams off, uh, it still lets you enter your information and it works really well. It does take a little bit of a learning curve, but it's worked well for me and I'm, I'm happy to plug it because, uh, I've seen great results with it over the last little bit. And so is my wife actually. So that's a great one. Um, but like I said, there's a million different things out there as far as nutrition goes. You just got to find what works for you. The one thing that's probably not going to work for you is situation normal. Uh, if you're not happy with how things are going now or how your body looks now, change it up, mix it up, try something different. Um, don't be afraid to learn something new about diet or exercise because, you know, when you do something for long enough, your body accommodates that exercise or that diet. And that's when you see a point of diminishing returns or a plateau. And the best thing that you can do for your body is change. And by changing, you begin the adaptation process again. And so, for example, this uh, macros diet that I've been doing right now, at some point, this is going to stop working and I'm going to see a point of diminishing returns. So I'll need to address something else. Uh, try maybe a high carb, uh, low fat, moderate protein diet. And by mixing things up, and that's why CrossFit's so great is because it's always mixed up. Um, we're going to constantly see adaptation in the, in a positive light. So that's kind of my, my two things is re related to exercise and, and diet. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm excited. I, I've, I went to the firemanship conference this year, uh, in Portland and, um, signed up to go to mile high uh, a little later in the year. And I'm trying to get on to the smoke divers, um, uh, training, uh, for maybe 2021 or 2022. And that's really where I'm, you know, trying to do some career stuff as well. So that's about it. Can you talk a little bit, you, you took a sabbatical uh, for a little while to pursue the CrossFit games. Can you talk a little bit about the differences in your first time through and second time through? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great topic. Uh, you know, I, the first five years that I worked at North Metro, um, I took on way too much, man. I just, I was so involved in so many different things that I had zero focus on anything. I mean, it was, I was just a, a jack of all trades and a master of none. You know, I had been uh, a gym owner. I owned a, a, a CrossFit gym called CrossFit Verve, which was absolutely thriving um, while we owned it. And I owned that from 2008 until 2014. I worked for CrossFit seminar staff, traveling on the weekends, uh, taking trades at, uh, at the fire station so that I could do some of those. Um, and it was really a rewarding experience to pass on to other people what I knew and train trainers and make people better. Um, obviously, I had the fire station. And then I was also training for the CrossFit Games. Uh, I went to the, the CrossFit Games from 2008 until 2013. Uh, I was in the top 10, four times I finished second in 2012 and, you know, every year it, the training got stepped up higher and higher and the competition got stronger and stronger. And, you know, the, the competitors got younger and younger. So I had to just do more and more work. And unfortunately the thing that suffered the most was, uh, my focus and performance, uh, in my fire career. So 
I asked for a leave of absence at, at a certain point in time. Um, that was denied. They said they couldn't afford the overtime, but uh, they said that I would be welcome back to, to please contact them and, and reapply if I decide to come back. And I did that uh, in 2000, January of 2012, uh, I took a sabbatical and I came back in uh, June of 2017. And uh, what's changed the most is uh, my desire to, uh, to serve. I mean, I, 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 I used to hate going on medical calls. I used to hate being on an ambulance. And now I look, look at it like it's an opportunity to, to help people that need help that are calling 911 on their worst day, you know, all the things that you, that every firefighter knows, but maybe we lose touch with. And, uh, now this career means more than anything else in my life right now, uh, except with the, with the exception of my family. Um, I want to be the best firefighter that I can possibly be. I would like to progress my career through the ranks, um, and hopefully pass on eventually the, the skills and knowledge that, that I've gathered throughout the years. And, you know, honestly, uh, I don't want to get stagnant. I just want to become a, a better firefighter and hopefully have an impact, a positive Im impact on not only uh, the citizens' lives, the people that we serve, but also maybe my, uh, my coworkers and the brotherhood, uh, anybody that I can actually have an impact with, you know, doing things like this podcast. You know, I know that people don't look at me for firefighting uh, information. They look at me for, uh, exercise information and this is one great way for me to serve our our brotherhood and you know I'm, I'm happy to do it and i'd love anybody that needs to reach out that needs help please do there's there's plenty of ways to reach me so no that's awesome i think uh i think people will be pleasantly surprised how into the job you are if they only know you through the crossfit world um yeah one final thing, and I, I definitely would love to have you come back and talk more, especially as we get into like the David Grossman and redlining stuff. Uh, I think that that could be a whole podcast in itself. But uh, finish up with us. If you could give any advice to somebody taking on their PT program for their fire department, what would you recommend? Great question. Um, yeah, so, you know, I think number one, I think starting with the academies is a great place to start because it's short in duration. Um, you can design a program for the academy and have a really positive impact on the people that are going to be fired up and willing to participate in whatever you design. Um, and that will have a, a cascading effect into the line and, and the personnel that are online. Um, so I think that that's a great place to start. And I think one of the things that, you know, I, I've been involved as a, uh, as a instructor at the academy's PT, uh, as it relates to PT, one of the things that I see commonly is, you know, there's often not a program, there's just exercise. And that's great, but what we're trying to do is create bulletproof firefighters that can work a long, a long and, and fruitful career. And if we're just beating people down with exercises because of exor for exercise sake, chances are we're going to see probably overuse injuries um, and, and we're not going to see much out of these guys. Um, so I think writing a program or at least buying a program from somebody that you find reputable or working with somebody to design a program is a really fun exercise uh, to, to see what works and what doesn't for your new guys. And that can be, then translated into uh, line personnel where, you know, you guys can maybe set up a, uh, um, a daily workout for each shift. So, you know, you got, we, we do with 4896. So maybe you, you write uh, two workouts for every six days and it's just there. You don't have to do it, but if you want to do it, it's there. And I would choose movements that are the best bang for your buck, you know, big functional multi-joint movements like the deadlift, the back squat, the bench press, rowing, rowing, running. Uh, and then, you know, obviously uh, all the other implement, uh, implements that you can use like dumbbells and kettlebells. <clears throat> don't get too fancy. Um, don't worry about squat snatching. Don't worry about overhead squatting that often. Uh, get the things that get the most bang for the buck and build intensity over time. 
And that's really the big thing. Start like what we talked about earlier, start slow, master the movements and then build in volume and intensity. And, you know, I'm ha again, I'm happy to help people if they want, if they want help with that um, on designing a program uh, because it's something that I'm really interested in and I'm going to be doing in the future, uh, hopefully establishing a 16 week, uh, four day a week program for academies. That's something I've always wanted to do. And I've kind of, kind of had my eye on it for the last, uh, probably six months of some really creating a good one that can be implemented anywhere. That's cool. I can also see people trying to, uh, trying to figure out what equipment they want at their stations as we transition from a uh, traditional weightlifting bodybuilding format to oh, man. functional and that's, fitness. Uh, isn't that great too? Like all that, that equipment, like, so we bought, we have uh, eight stations and we bought equipment for each of the stations. Um, and it was one bar, one set of bumpers, one power rack, uh, uh, some kettlebells and then some other kind of like bands and jump ropes and stuff like that. We spent $15,000 at, at Rogue and we were able to outfit each of the stations with those things. If you wanted to do that with some of these old school machines and, and cable crossovers and all that stuff, you get nothing for that m amount of money. You get nothing. And now you can outfit a small gym inside of every station for almost no money because it doesn't matter what, if we go back to the basics and use the most common implements, they are so effective at producing results. That's cool. What's the, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you if they've got any questions on uh, gym equipment for their stations or help with programming or anything like that? Yeah, so uh, you can reach me at Matt, M-A-T-T, at trainftw.com or uh, Instagram. You guys are always uh, welcome to reach out on Instagram. I'm not really big on replying with super lengthy conversations on DMs, so... That's at Matt1chan. Um, Twitter, you can always hit me up, uh, at Matt1chan. I'd love to start a conversation there. I've always been wanting to drum up some more conversations on Twitter. So whatever you guys want to do, I'm, I'm, I'm available to you. Nice. So just remind everybody, uh, tune in on May 25th on uh, NBC for the Titan Games. We're going to root Matt on, and uh, hopefully we'll have him back again soon to, uh, to talk uh, mental aspect. But uh, yeah. I appreciate you coming on, and uh, stay safe out there. Thanks, Grant.